Ciao. You're listening to EdUp Insights, where you'll get my take on higher education. I'm Bill Pepicello, former president of University of Phoenix and higher ed vagabond. So let's get started. Well, today's episode may meander a bit, um, partly because I'm old and my mind tends to wander, but also because I'm going to try to interrelate several things that have come to my attention recently and see if we can make some sense out of them. I was looking through a, a catalog of uh, a, a college the other day. I tend to do that for fun because that's the kind of guy I am. And I came across an, an interesting disclaimer, uh, which I then went and looked at in other college catalogs and found several that had a, declaim, a disclaimer that uh, says that the institution's cannot guarantee employment, salary, or career advancement. I thought that was pretty interesting, given that we sort of think that higher education is designed to do those. I guess it might be the word guarantee that, uh, that caught my attention. Not long after that, I noticed in one of the higher ed trade papers, a new report on graduate degrees. And in this case, it had to do with return on investment, which we uh, have already discussed in a previous uh, podcast. But it took sort of what I call the, um, the Neanderthal approach to judging graduate degree return on investment. And by that, I mean STEM and professional programs, good. Arts and humanities, bad. Well, okay, we understand that there's a difference between uh, those types of programs. Um, but then there was a surprise. And the surprise was that this particular study showed that uh, MBAs and business degrees were also not so good. In fact, they uh, opined that some 40% of master's degrees and MBAs have a negative return on investment based on estimated earnings. Um, and then they went a little farther and not only were, were the, the, were the uh, figures based on estimated earnings, but on something that they called counterfactual earning. How is that? And counterfactual earning takes into consideration how much you would have made if you earned a bachelor's degree, but didn't go to graduate school with all of the associated costs. Really, come on, give me a break. Either things are good or not. The, uh, the study went on to say that uh, there are certain uh, fields that get generally a very good return on investment. Those are computer science, nursing, and engineering. Uh, didn't we already know that? Um, the article suggests that we might want to warn students um, about where they want to go and where they don't want to go um, based on return on investment. Um, I wondered sort of why we need to do that. Um, I talked previously about the fact that many students choose to go into uh, an area of study, regardless of, you know, associated costs and uh, projected earnings. 
that's sort of the way that uh, that the world works. People make uh, make decisions. We hope in an informed way, at least uh, as far as their lives are concerned, and they move forward uh, with those decisions. So, in any event, I was then came across an article uh, about alternate kinds of certifications. Now, we all know that there are other kinds of, uh, of certifications besides um, college and university degrees. Uh, we have short-term training um, and certifications that, uh, that community colleges are, uh, are best known for and have been uh, for a long time. Um, but now there's this thing called digital badges. And digital badges are certifications, again, fairly short term and in, in a specific area, oftentimes um, sponsored by um, an industry uh, or a specific uh, business or organization. Um, and, you know, it sort of brought to mind the, um, the line from the Treasure of Sierra Madre, if you haven't seen that film, you ought to watch it. It's great. It's got Humphrey Bogart and a bunch of cool people in it. But there's a point at which somebody is pretending to be a, a federale um, and is challenged as to his credential to be a, a federale. And this person's response is, badges? We don't need no stinking badges. And I got to thinking, you know, given what's going on in higher ed today, maybe we do need some stinking badges and other kinds of credentials that we call micro credentials um, that will provide uh, the students, in many cases, employees of companies with certain skills. Now, why do we suppose there may be a, a great influx, a, a great popularity of these kinds of uh, smaller, short-term uh, credentials? Well, it's because uh, of the way that society has developed. And that is, as we become increasingly complex and technical, people need specific skills in order to uh, contribute to their companies and their communities for that reason. Now, um, you will find that if you talk to employers across the country, uh, they'll tell you, well, we really do want people with that four-year degree because we want people who can communicate, who, have, who can think critically, who have computational skills. And I'm here to tell you they're lying to your face. They don't, it's not that they don't value things like communication and critical thinking, but they want people with skills. And if you look at employment trends and HR trends, you'll find that I'm not lying to your face. Um, so it's, it's a, uh, an instance where we don't have a good balance in all cases between liberal arts and humanities and the more specific technical uh, courses out there. Now, one of the things that uh, one of the articles I was looking at suggested is, well, you know, we, we really need to wind down those programs. And in this case, it would include arts and humanities 
that aren't producing the kinds of people that are getting hired. And I thought, wow. So we don't want to turn out people who are proficient in literature, uh, foreign languages, um, philosophy, you know, those kinds of programs that are getting cut on a regular basis all across the country. Now, this goes back to something I talked about in a previous podcast that has to do with business models in higher ed. You know, one of the issues in, in business in general is that businesses will acknowledge that not all their products have the same value. Not all their products are consumed at, at the same level. And remember, we did say that education is a public commodity. So if we have at an institution of higher education, a variety of commodities, that is programs and degrees, some of which are quite popular and some of which are not so popular, do we just get rid of the ones that aren't so popular? That would be pretty short-sighted from a general business perspective. We call those programs that aren't as lucrative and don't generate as much money for an institution loss leaders. And if you go into any business that has multiple products, you'll find that they do have what they call loss leaders. And they use the more popular products and those earnings to support the less popular, but still interesting and valuable products. Something that we ought to think about in higher education. And I will leave you with this mantra regarding that. Don't eliminate, assimilate. And I think that's something that higher education needs to take a look at because we, we don't want to eliminate some of the most valuable programs that we have just because they may not be the, the most profitable programs. This takes us just one step further uh, towards uh, vocational education, or as it's called today, career and technical education. Well, call it what you want. Um, it is where we find the, um, the bulk of training um, and, and technical skills being developed, primarily in, in community colleges that offer a variety of, of certificates, degrees, and, and other kinds of training opportunities for people. And I'm not gonna get into that in great detail today because um, I wanted to, to, to raise the issue and vocational education is, uh, is another, uh, it's a whole nother topic of its own that uh, I will plan to go into in a, in a future podcast. But I think what's, what's interesting to note there when people talk about technical training or vocational education, as I wrap, uh, wind this one down, is, you know, if you went to high school and took a course in shop, which is what we used to call it, you know, where you went in and you, you made a tie rack for your dad, whether or not he had a, a tie rack, um, or if you took a cooking class, home ec, we called it home economics, um, but basically you sort of learned how to wash the dishes and and cook meals and not kill yourself and stuff like that. That's vocational ed, folks. 
um, at, a, at a much lower level than you'd find in community colleges, um, and certainly in a, in, in a less formal type of curriculum, but it's still important um, and it needs to be given its proper perspective. So I think uh, I'm gonna wrap this up for now, and we will, uh, in a future podcast, uh, go further with vocational education and, and talk about its value in society today. So I think with that, I'm going to thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next exciting episode. Ciao.